Hi, everyone. In this episode, we chat with Coach Chase, who is not only a CrossFit coach, but also a firefighter working out of Kansas City. We discuss multiple things, including what it's like to coach a visually impaired individual. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fight to Finish podcast. I'm Cece, and with me is R1S, and we are your hosts for the Fight to Finish podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special guest by the name of Chase, who is not only a CrossFit coach, but also a firefighter. So welcome to the podcast, Chase. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so for our listeners that aren't familiar with who you are, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, yeah. So, um, now I'm a full-time firefighter with uh, Kansas City, Missouri Fire Department. Um, I've been, uh, been with them since June last year. Um, but after I graduated Academy, I graduated in December. So before that, I've been a full-time CrossFit trainer since 20, 2013, kind of found CrossFit 2011. Um, uh, when I was uh, active duty, so I've, I've been a soldier for almost eight years total time in service uh, since June 2008. Um, and uh, so, I mean, those are the, like, the three main things that I do. Um, and then, uh, so I still coach uh, on the side, like occasionally, um, still trying to get the, the format of like having a new career mixed in with coaching. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, I'm a husband and I got a wife almost eight years now and uh, we just welcomed our third son uh, on the ninth. So now we have three boys. Congrats. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man, that must be a handful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's why we finished the basement so we can lock away the other two. <laughs> nice. So they have their own they have their own playroom now. So that's, that's nice. awesome. Very cool. Uh, so, how did you get into CrossFit? It looks like you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. So, um, you know, my my fitness journey started when I was like fifteen. Um, I was really obese, lost a little weight, and uh, and then it was just like I got into working out, you know, so, um, anything and everything that I could learn and, and, uh, do, you know, um, I was just intrigued. Right. So, um, it was kind of like, okay, what's, what's the next thing that interests me in fitness? Um, just because like after you lose so much weight and you start hitting milestones that you never hit before, mm -hmm. it's, it's very, um, it's a, it's, it, there's always a goal that you can chase. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So when, uh, when I found CrossFit at that time, I've been doing the traditional like bodybuilding type workouts, you know, three, three sets of 10. Like, Same. You can never go wrong. Same. <laughs> right. Um, never did a leg day in my life type thing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I was active duty in the army. And when I was in, when I was, I was really still into running, you know, I was, a uh, uh like 155, 160 pounds. Um, I run all day long. Stuff was like my jam. Uh, wasn't like super strong, but I was strong for my size. Anyways, uh, so where that led me though, I was pretty, I was pretty confident. You know, I'm a 21 year old, 22 year old soldier, and I was maxing the PT test and stuff. So, um, and then I was um, teaching 
teaching some of our soldiers. Right. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, so I, I definitely, uh, looked at myself as a higher level fitness guy. Um, and one day there, uh, I was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. There was a female who was, um, there was one area of the gym of like out of the five gyms on base that nobody really went to because it had bumper plates, uh, had prowlers. Um, I remember it had, uh, the concept two rowers <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just didn't really know what the what was. space was for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was really open. There wasn't a lot of, there wasn't free weights or, uh, I mean, sorry, there wasn't like machine weights. Right. And, uh, but I was in there, I don't know, dude, curls or (laughs) (laughs) and she uh but she was doing a workout and she was doing a prowler push uh and then handstand walking whoa and i remember she had like 345s i remember specifically she had 345s on top of this prowler she was pushing the prowler and then she was handstand walking and like in my head i was like what the hell is she doing (laughs) and uh it, it was funny because like i literally waited till she left and when she left like i I don't even think I attempted the handstand walk because I knew I couldn't do it. I was like, I've never walked my hands. I can't do that. So I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> but I pulled out the three fives and I, and I tried to push it and I really couldn't push it. Um, I think I might have pushed it a little bit, but not nearly as well as she did. And, you know, and I never, I've never once thought like women can't do what men can do, but I definitely in that moment was like, <laughs> I should be able to beat her. <laughs> And so the next day, um, the next day I went to the gym, same time, you know, and like low key, like hoping I'd see her again. (laughs) And, uh, and I did, and I saw her and then I went up to her and I asked like, Hey, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, I do CrossFit. And it was uh, funny because maybe a year earlier, there was a guy in Arizona when I was the fit looking dude. Right. And I remember he could crush the push-ups and sit-ups. Wasn't a very good runner, but he could crush the push-ups and sit-ups. And I saw him in the gym doing like, now I know what he was doing. He was doing kettlebell swings. He was doing wall balls. He was doing double unders and stuff. And I remember asking him like, hey, what do you do? He's kind of a dick though. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I do, I do CrossFit. I'm like, okay, what the hell's CrossFit? And um, he's like, yeah, I, you know, you know, yeah, I can, I can crush push-ups and stuff. Like he just kind of talked, but he, it seemed like douchey. Sure. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and that's all he said. Like I do CrossFit. Never said like what it was or anything. Didn't think anything of it. And, uh, but then like instantly I was like, okay, like a douchebag does CrossFit. <laughs> and, uh, Association. So, uh, yeah. So a year later when I, when I uh, heard, I was like, okay, now you're the second person I've actually heard this name CrossFit. Like, what yeah. is it? Yeah. She's like, okay, there's this website, CrossFit.com. And she's like, go to that, check it out. Like they post workouts on there. And then there's uh YouTube was just starting out too back then. And uh, she's like, you go on. Um, actually, it wasn't even streaming YouTube. That's right. It was like quick time videos. And uh, <laughs> she's like, click on the video and you can see the workout. Um, and uh, they'll, they'll explain how to do these movements and stuff. And literally, so that's how I started CrossFit. I uh, would do the workout of the day. I'd watch a video and I remember while before I do the workout, I would re- rewind, 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 and I would just repeat the movement and like watch myself in a mirror and see if I'm doing it right. Yeah. Um, and that's how I learned how to do CrossFit. Wow. <laughs> that's kind of so. like, 
it's really interesting because um, with her having getting into it um, a little bit, she uh, she was kind of doing the same thing. She went on CrossFit.com, right? I remember early when you started working with your coach, she would do the same thing. She obviously more a lot more modern. She, there's a lot of resources online now, mm-hmm. but she didn't in the beginning. She didn't before she started working with a coach. She didn't know what she was doing, and then sure. and like you. Right, Cece, you were like, look, like, I don't know these movements. And so she found value in working uh, with a coach because that can give her that expert instantaneous feedback of like, oh, you're doing these lifts incorrectly. You're going to actually hurt yourself. And yep. then which led her down. I saw it because I'm on, you know, coming from just the husband or the, the fiance at the time trying to figure out what she's getting into. Sure. And she, I saw her kind of grow and go, oh, wait, that's really interesting. There's mechanics here. There's different things that you can do to 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 help you lift and properly and yeah, it was like way more technical than than I thought it was going to be. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, quick question: Um, in terms of uh, going through the fire, not academy, because I know there's a bunch of schooling in that in in that occupation, but. How did you manage both? Because I know there's a lot of volunteer work. Uh, just a little bit about me. I actually used to work for uh, a first responder, <laughs> first responder um, footwear company. So we actually worked very closely with a lot of, you know, police and firefighters. So I'm very aware of the train up, the volunteer work, uh, even the ongoing, um, you know, volunteerism that you have to do uh, just to get into a firehouse. Like, how did you manage both? Going through school, volunteering, or if you had the volunteer, um, you know, and then becoming yeah. a coach. Yeah, so um, it it's not as complicated as that. Oh, okay. And, and I and I say that because um, so certain departments how they work are um, departments like uh, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Miami, um, Dallas, right? Real large scale uh, fire departments have their own fire academies mm, okay okay so they do all the credentialing for the fire service at their own academies got it this this way they train you the way they want to train you of course um you're, you don't go to like the local community college and, and you're doing all that balancing that you're talking about yeah so so my problem was is i couldn't do that even though i applied um you know i i had my gym so my gym was CrossFit FIF. I was not the owner of it on, um, on paper or anything like that. Right. So I had a partner, she owned the gym. Yeah. Uh, we started it together. Um, but I managed it, ran it the whole nine. Got okay? it. But you know, uh, unlike her or some others, like, you know, my family was growing, um, we're quickly outgrowing our home. Mm-hmm. Um, I got out of the military and so like insurance and of course, so there's a lot of, a lot of factors, right? Yeah. Um, so it was one of those, like, it's not that I wanted to stop doing that and that I wanted, and I don't want it to sound bad. It's not like I wanted sure. to be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I knew I needed a career that my family deserved, um, out of me. Sure. Right. Something, something that could sustain us for the long haul. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's that balance of, uh, um, uh, uh, emotional fulfillment versus financial fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? Emotionally, I was 100% fulfilled in my career. Um, you know, I absolutely am completely passionate about coaching and helping people. Yeah. Um, 
financially, I was not secure. <laughs> uh, versus, you know, like I always say, I'm a I'm a B average person, right? I'm a I'm a guy who um, I'm a, I'm a 82 to 84 percent average on any exam that I take. Yeah, yeah. And I am I am very okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why I do well in CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I say that because like I'm so I'm not a super book smart guy. Um, but I'm intelligent enough to read something and comprehend it, you know? Um, and I'm street smart, but I still need to be taught some things. Right. So it was one of those things that for me, I realized that I'm not built to sit behind a cubicle, um, and sit in an office. Like I need to do something, but I need to do something that gives me a fulfillment and a purpose. And that is service to others. Right. And so the fire service, for me felt like it, it fulfilled that check mark of it would give me an emotional satisfaction of when I go on a call and I do something that I feel is helping somebody, like it gives me that sense of purpose. Right. But it's going to give that financial security too. Mm. So, so that's why I chose the fire department. Um, and initially I chose that over police department cause I was applying to both at the same time. Um, because the schedule for the fire department was a little bit better to, um, if I would still have my gym right now, um, it's, it's better to manage like a, a secondary business or to have a second job. Yeah. Um, so it just, it made a lot more sense. I didn't want to do five years of night shifts as a police officer being away from my family and our schedules are, I just never see them. You know, it's like, I'm, I might like, I got off shift this morning at 7am and I was up from, you know, we started getting calls at 11am till, or 11 p.m. till 3.30 a.m. And it was just call, call, call. Um, but I was still able to be home by 7.30, 7.45, making my boys breakfast, getting them ready for the morning. Once they were taken care of, then I took an hour nap. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, my my point is, is that balancing it um, was once I got into the academy, I knew that that was the priority mm. um, because it was incredibly intensive. Um, I was up at 5 a.m. every morning, roughly, uh, like, yeah, about 5 a.m. every morning. I was at work by 6 a.m. Um, it was work till 4 p.m. And then, uh, you know, you're reading two textbooks over 13, 1400 pages um, <laughs> in a four-month span. You know, so every every night you had – um, for like the medical portion was 39 chapters. I think, uh, for the first 24 chapters was, uh, two, two chapters a day. Wow. So, um, you know, for probably the first two and a half months, I was, I'd get home at just after four. So like four ten. um, I'd hang out with my family till about four 30, four 40. I'd go upstairs, shut the door and I'd read until dinner. I'd come down, I'd eat, see the family for about 20 minutes, go back upstairs. Um, and I'd be done anywhere between eight 30 and 10 30 at night. Um, Ooh. and, and that was like every night. <laughs> yeah. How, how long was your wow. Academy? So the Academy was 28 weeks. Ooh. So we started June 10th and we graduated December 21st. Um, now like, where I tried to find the balance on, see, I, I couldn't really coach like, and that's what sucked is like, I didn't, I didn't plan on how much, um, education there was, sure. you know, it's like, I, I knew 
knew there was a lot, but like how, how, like, let me put it this way. If you go to the community college, there are some guys in my class that were firefighters yeah. um, at other state, uh, other departments who yeah. went through community colleges. They did a fraction of the learning portion oh, that we did. Oh, wow. Jeez. You know, and so like, even for them, it was like, this is a lot. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so what I would do um, is I, I knew that coaching had to be put off to the side. Like once I realized, like, there's no way I can come in at 515, uh, yeah, 515 and do the 515 p.m. class and still get my studying done. Yeah. You know, and like, I just, I couldn't do it. And so what I did was, um, we, we tested four days a week. So Monday through Thursday and then Friday was uh, a skills day. So I knew that Friday, uh, or no Thursday when I got off work, I'd go to the gym, I'd train, um, Friday, I would do the same thing. Saturday I'd train in the morning, Sunday, if I felt good, I would train. Oh, wow. So even though we did PT every day, Monday through Friday at the Academy, it wasn't, it, you know, PT. I could do their PT. Yeah. It was like a 30 minute AMRAP of body weight stuff yeah. every single day, every day. Um, so I knew I could go to the gym and at least lift that day. Yeah. Okay. So the only person that I was able to really keep up on coaching was obviously Brooke. I still try to make that a priority. Um, it's just like if, if I was too tired and stuff or like she had something going on, there was some like three or four week spans where we didn't, we weren't able to, and people would hit like comment on, one of my videos and be like, Hey, where's Brooke? It's like, dude, this, you know, this is my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. for the people that um, aren't familiar with your Instagram, so, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Brooke mm -hmm. is a visually impaired uh, CrossFit athlete. Um, mm -hmm. And so we've seen videos of you coaching her and working through some of those um, limitations. Um, well, actually, before we even get into that, I'm sure, curious, sure. how did you meet Brooke? How, how did you guys start working sure. together? Yeah, so uh, totally by chance, completely by chance. Um, I, so my gym, my gym was probably one of the smallest at KC, and we were kind of like off the beaten path. Like, we didn't, our development wouldn't allow signage or anything like that. So you wouldn't oh, even rats. know we were there. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, literally I get a phone call from her mom one day It was like, Hey, I have a daughter who's visually impaired. Um, she's done CrossFit for a while. Uh, you know, recently moved here and looking for a CrossFit gym and someone willing to work with her. I was like, yeah, like, come on in and, you know, we'll sit down and chat. And they did, they came in, um, met her. Um, and it, you know, it was a very pleasant, but candid conversation. And I was like, Hey, um, you know, I started looking into it. Uh, like, I think we met like the next day. So like that night I was like, how do you coach a fucking blind person? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it's a good question you know, that night. Yeah. Well, so that night I started reading or going online and just like blind CrossFit, like yeah. coaching blind people, like anything blind I can type in. Yeah. Um, and, uh, nothing, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And so when I met her, I was like, okay, um, you know, her mom's there too. And, uh, you know, I think at the time she was 20, she might've been 21. Yeah. She's 21. Um, and then, uh, but I was just, I was honest. I was like, Hey, I've never coached a blind person before. Um, but 
I believe in myself as a coach and um, my ability to, to learn. I was like, so as long as you understand that I'm going to learn while I teach you as well, um, like I'd be more than happy to, you know, to take it on. And, yeah. yeah. And they were like, cool. Like, that's all we want to hear. And that was it. So I think her mom even sat in on, no, not even on her first session. She just like dropped her off. I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so it was funny because like, you know, her mom jokes about it to this day that like people were like, wait, so you just left your daughter with like some random guy when the gym was closed and no one's there. And she goes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, but I trusted him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so um, that's, that's really how we started. Um, you know, and the agreement was, um, you know, and the agreement was that, um, they were trying to figure out logistics. Well, she, and that was it. Um, you know, cause I, I didn't have like a social media presence. I, you know, like a small couple thousand followers, like 2000 or something, nothing crazy. And, uh, and then, but she lived relatively close. So what we worked out was instead of having her like Uber or do something where there's like a sketch person driving her, yeah. I, I would coach the class. I'd drive to her place. Pick, and, uh, and that's what we've been doing for the last you know, almost close to three years now. Like I just pick her up, take her to the gym, yeah, <laughs> coach yeah, her and yeah, take her home. Yeah. Um, so with, um, well, so how has it been? So in terms of yeah. coaching Brooke, how, what were the, some of the things that you looked at as a coach, uh, apart from, you know, is the programming the same, you know, like li- you were going to focus on, uh, you know, certain body parts, or has it mostly been in the beginning training the, just the movement, like take us through the journey of you as a coach tackling how you would coach a, a visually impaired person. Yeah. So, um, what I started doing with Brooke was the, the first workout we did was, I think they call it the CrossFit baseline assessment, right? It's a 500 meter row, 40 air squats, like 30 sit-ups, 20 push-ups, and like 10 ring rows. Um, and like, you can find it on a CrossFit journal thing. It's from years and years ago, but that's considered like the CrossFit baseline. Sure. So a lot of gyms actually use that as their like on-ramp, like workout, first workout. Mm-hmm. Well, she did that. And, um, you know, the first thing I started with, I was like, okay, like you've done CrossFit before. Um, you know, so she told me that she worked with another trainer for like a year or so, oh, wow. um, back in back in like Nashville. Mm. I was like, all right, sweet. Like she has a solid baseline. Yeah. Like, yeah, she, yeah. she knew the word snatch and clean a jerk. Like <laughs> that's great. Um, so then I, I go like, okay, cool. Um, can you show me an air squat? And she did. And it was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> um, like it was bad. It was oh, no. really bad. Um, and so, which really surprised me. Cause I was like, holy crap. Like, why is it that bad? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, then we went through the other movements and they weren't, they weren't as bad, but you know, I still needed to teach her some stuff. So like, sure. um, you know, so we worked quite a bit on that air squat day one and I was like, okay, I can't let her do a workout 
with her form like this right now, right? Yeah. So we worked on the air squat first. And once we got it to like below parallel, because she had so many faults uh, and CC, you know, being a level one, like you can kind of think uh, of, um, you know, just every fault that you could possibly see, right? Like knees caving in, oh, chest no. falling forward, <laughs> um, not getting the depth, you know, going to the uh, uh, balls of her, or uh, yeah, going to the balls of her feet, like just things were off. So I, I tackled everything one thing at a time, um, you know, and uh, in doing so, um, in, in coaching, you you have three different ways of, of coaching movement, right? You have visual, dimension, uh, verbal, and, and tactile. And so she obviously had no visual, yeah, right? And so it was like, okay, like how do I go about teaching her this? And as I'm trying to explain it, um, you know, in, in the level one and level two, and just like in CrossFit in general, towards like the general populace of coaches, they'll tell you like dumb down the language to make it as easy as possible, right? Like a, a third grader should be able to understand it. That's all fine and dandy. That's just not my style. Like sure. I, I didn't believe that before Brooke anyways. Um, I believe that people are, are intelligent enough to learn. Maybe they might struggle a bit, but um, I believe the beauty of, of teaching is in the, in the detail. And so it's kind of like, well, yeah, any idiot can dumb down third grade language, right? Like it takes an intelligent person to be able to explain body mechanics and have a person comprehend it. Mm-hmm. So if I can teach somebody to understand like what this muscle is supposed to feel during this movement, right? They're going to retain that more than, oh yeah, wh- what do you say that I have to do again with like my back? It's like, no, like, that's not what I'm, it's like shit, you know, yeah, you're yeah, reteaching yeah. again and again, but again, that's just, you know, I digress. That's just my style. No, no, that's great. So, um, um, so it was about detail. Like you had to be as detailed as possible because for her, I had to build the whole picture verbally, um, so that she could start envisioning it in her head. Um, and then while doing so, finally, I think I just was like, hey, I'm going to grab your hand real quick. And I grabbed it and I put it like on my shoulder and I put a hand on my hip. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm talking about when I'm initiating a squat. Mm. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, <laughs> you know, and it just kind of like this click. And I was like, for me, it was a click. It was like, oh, that is visual for her. So oh, visual just took, took on a visual just took on a different meaning. Right. So tactile they're still tactile. Like I can still touch her in certain areas and be yeah. like, you know, tighten this up. And, you know, so she gets that like instant response, right. Yeah. And her logical response. But as far as a, a visual, she, I, I have her place her hands in certain spots and then I'll slowly work through a certain movement while I'm working through it. She, she's so attentive. Um, and that's the thing to, that I realized with the uh, visually impaired people, right. Is like, they have to be so in tune, um, on their hearing of like paying attention to those details or they might miss something. Got it. And so I could explain things in a lot more in depth with her than other athletes would care to, but she needed it and wanted it. So, so anyways, we, we got the air squat pretty much down. And I was like, this is great. Um, and so then I had her do the baseline. Well, she almost died on the 500 meter row. Oh no. Like it was bad. And she only got about 
three air squats in that were good technique. And then it just started going to crap. Like couldn't, couldn't get below parallel, just completely fatigued. I mean, I mean like by the end she would drop down only like four inches and like, that was it. Wow. And nothing that would injure her. It's not like I wasn't going to stop her. It's kind of like when a person starts like looking like crap, like failing double unders, like again and again, mm-hmm. you don't just say, Oh, stop the entire workout. Yeah. You just keep letting them fail because eventually like the workout will be over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I did, I let her finish and I was like, okay, now the assessment time moving forward, like you, I will not put any weight on your back. I will not do anything loaded until you can give me a hundred air squats in 10 minutes and not be dead the next two days. Mm. Like a hundred air squats, full depth, you yeah. know? Yeah. So the next, next session we did was, um, you know, it, it was just that eye opener of like, I don't need to teach you anything with weights if that just kicked your ass. Right. right. So what, what we started doing was um, every session fo- followed this format for probably two, almost two years. Um, the next session was I, I created a very standard warm up. And yes, I understand people can look at that and be like, oh, well, like you ever do the same thing every time? Like, yeah, but it's a, it's very broad. Um, but it allows her to get into a routine that she can just get after it because I, every time I teach her something new, it takes five minutes to do one movement. Yeah. So, so I remember like, hell, just one of our last sessions, like I was trying to teach her a new warm up. It took 25 minutes to, sh- to show her how to somewhat properly do a dynamic style warm up, one mm-hmm. where she had to move and was doing toe touches and stuff. And there's so many things going on that it's not, it's almost not practical. Sure. Right. Um, and it's not saying that she couldn't do it. It's just like, do we want to dedicate an hour to learning a warm up, or do we want to work out? Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 so, and at the same time, if that's what she's happy with, then screw you guys. I don't care. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. So, anyways, so the, the format was this, and this is what I started realizing is a really good format to coach new athletes, and what I wish we could almost coach anybody, hmm. which which was anyone new. I should caveat that um she comes in she always did a five minute row so she got on the rower so we worked on rowing technique for a first few sessions but once she had it down it was just getting consistent of getting on there and then like that dialing it in um and then uh since her legs were so trash we did um some static stretching uh some longer uh, longer time on static stretching on her legs yeah um, so it's finding stretches that felt good for her and, and helped her out then after that, we would go into a EMOM and we would do a 10 minute EMOM of air squats. And at first we started with like five reps and the goal was to maintain five the entire time with good form. And if she couldn't maintain that five, say she did five through seven rounds and then did four and then three and then five, we would stay with five until she finished it all. And then we would go to six and then we would go to seven and then eight. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually we finished with 10. So that alone took like two months of sessions. So, um, but you saw her volume steadily increased. Yeah, of Mm -hmm. course. So, and the nice thing is we can go from stretching to getting into that, right? So boom, there's your first 25 minutes or so of our session. Um, and then every day I would incorporate one new movement. So one new body weight movement, didn't matter what it was. I would just kind of like pick one at random and I'd incorporate it. So it's like, okay, we're going to learn to lunge. So then I would just spend five to 10 minutes 
teaching a new movement that day, once she understood it, I would put that movement into a workout with movements that she's already done. Mm. So then she would do either uh, couplets or triplets. Um, I would keep them to eight to 12 minutes, um, no longer than that. Uh, and then that was our session. And so it, w- it would still last about every session on average is about an hour, 10 to hour, 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, sometimes, sometimes it would go hour 30. Like I don't, I'm not stringent upon time. So like, like even now our sessions are two hours from the time I get in the car to pick her up to dropping her off is like just over two, right around two hours. Mm. So, so anyways, we did that. Once she hit a hundred air squats and comfortably, then, um, we might've even did a hundred for time. Oh, wow. The next one. But, anyways, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's when, um, that's when I was like, okay, cool. Uh, now we're going to switch to back squats because like she doesn't need, she doesn't need a lot of upper body strength, right? She needs a lot of leg strength. She walks everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, her leg strength needs to be able to carry her and then other things kind of fall into place. Yeah. Um, and it's just, that's her needs. Right. Right. So it's like, I don't need to build a massive clean and jerk on you i need strong leg endurance yeah so um so then we made back squatting a priority so instead of a five by or instead of the 10 minute imam we would come in and start doing it was like five by fives on back squats um and with the tech bar and built up uh and then the movements went from body weight to uh dumbbells so then i taught her every barbell movement you could do i taught her with a dumbbell first Nice. So we did dumbbell deadlifts. The next day was dumbbell hang power cleans. The next day was uh, dumbbell strict press and push press. Um, basically, think of the nine foundational movements of CrossFit that you would see with the barbell. I would teach that with dumbbells first, um, and then and then we add in we incorporate more technical ones. Okay, once you had the hang power clean and we done the dumbbell front squat, now we're going to do a dumbbell hang squat clean. Right. So. Yeah. Um, once we went through all the dumbbells, then the, the kettlebells were essentially the same movement. Yeah. But then it was just lear- learning the hand position. Correct. Right. Um, and so I could, I could fly through all four, four styles of uh, kettlebells, uh, kettlebell cleans, right? We yeah, could do yeah. hang power, power, uh, hang squat and squat. Yeah. And, and it was like really fast. Yeah. But then we went to barbell five months, four or five months. Um, and then it was like, okay, let's, here's a deadlift. Well, now she already knows what her hamstring should feel like, what her posterior chain should feel like in a deadlift. Um, mm. so she knows what a flat back should look like. And then it was just putting a barbell on her hand and doing it from there. And it was like her mechanics on a barbell were so much better because she already knew the mechanics from the dumbbells. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. So like, I didn't have to teach her starting position on a dumbbell anymore or on a deadlift or the finishing position. Yeah. I just had to teach her handler, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, that's really what it became. So, so, I mean, I think I like that approach in terms of, um, it sounded like you, you looked at the problem or the, the, the task at hand, right. Of like, how do I teach her? And you took it upon yourself to build her core base in terms of take her, 
take that time to build up all the foundational movements, you know, starting low and then now building up. So now when you're now working on these major movements with like the barbell, for example, you're only doing minor adjustments because you've taken the time previously to build up. Has that process translated to, I mean, did you always coach that way or it's like uh, something that you gained through experience with Brooke? Um, And has that translated to, uh, other parts of your life, like with with anything in life, with your kids, with with uh, firefighting, has building that slow progression. Having a how important is that? Having a, a core foundation to 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 everyday activity, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the to answer the first question, it's not how I used to coach. Mm. Um, it, it's definitely something I developed through coaching her. But then that's when I realized that this is the way to coach people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is how I wish we coached people. It's just the problem is, is that, you know, us three being able to get on, you know, Instagram and see some cool shit, we're going to be like, oh, I really want to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's not fun to go slow. It's not fun for people to feel like everybody else is passing them up. Mm-hmm. When, when in all reality, we built such a strong foundation for bro. Look. That I'm off challenge, you know, mm-hmm. where, um, yeah, like it's something that I wish, um, it didn't change. Cause like I said, I wish I could coach everybody that way, but sure. you, you just can't. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I, that I did implement into my coaching was, um, being a little bit more strict on on having a foundation of movements though right so it's like instead of a person seeing a squat clean like there's no reason you need to do a squat clean with a you know with a barbell before you ever did a hang power clean you know people would come into the gym one day and then coaches would teach them a, a squat clean it's like they've never they don't even know the definite the word clean yeah like there's there's no reason you don't know what their front squat looks like you know so, um, so I was a lot more adamant about like those, those baseline movements being, uh, more dialed in with athletes and not allowing them to pro- progress to the more difficult ones. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Um, so, so that's definitely how it kind of like changed my view on coaching as far as like the application of it. Um, you know, understanding like I think we all naturally do this though. It's just natural progression of, of things, right? Like you don't get in a car and then go race the Indy 500. Like yeah. <laughs> on first, you know, when you're 15, 14 years old, you know, and, and you learn to stall the, the stick shift. <laughs> like, um, it, it's just kind of the way it is. And so, you know, everything has a, a natural progression for us anyways. Sure. Um, but sometimes it's just kind of like dialing in your mindset to realize that's what you're actually doing mm-hmm. and then being okay with that process. You know, I think that's, that's kind of the bigger part where what, what I learned from it and how um, the takeaways that I've gotten from Brooke is being okay with being at certain points, mm. you know, not, not being, not being in such a hurry to be at that next level yeah. rather than just appreciating the accomplishments that you had in that moment and, and appreciating where you're currently at. That's good. Right. And yeah. then realizing the progress that it took to even get to that point. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're always chasing that, that next step, that next level. 
when it's like, well, we already, you know, there's, you know, 25 levels and I'm at 22, but I'm not appreciating the 22 levels I went through. I'm just yeah, worried right. about the last three. Yeah. So, you know, so it definitely gave me a, a, a much greater perspective on valuing progress. Um, and then, you know, really trying to instill that in my athletes when I coached them, it's like, um, you know, anytime they get down, on themselves it's like do you realize what you just did and what you couldn't do mm. you know before and then it'd be like well yeah no 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 i really want you to value like appreciate that like you're so much better than you like you know and i i'm just a jokester but i'd be like you look like ass you know six months ago <laughs> like, that looks amazing you know it's like you're pissed because you didn't squat clean 205 but i remember when you know 135 looked horrible and you yeah. just hit 205 like <laughs> You know, no, don't be mad at missing the 10 pound PR when, you know, you're doing a hundred pounds more than you did six months yeah. ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think so, so. In, in doing a lot of this, uh, cause after, after she got into it, I, I got into CrossFit as well. And I, you know, obviously I had to mind shift for myself in terms of, you know, not hitting the biggest PRs, especially doing the open. I was watching people lift this stuff RX and I was like, Jesus, I can't even do that RX. I'm like here modified. Sure. And so um, being proud of the small accomplishment, I think is huge. You know, being like, okay, cool. I, I That was my new PR. Cool. Six months. I'm really excited to see where I'm at six months and that from, from now where I retest yes. or whatever and see the progress, right? And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we're, we're a little bit hard on ourselves and we're, when we don't reach those goals, like there's an expectation that we put on ourselves. But I think it's OK and see value in celebrating the small wins along the way because that's. Yeah. And enjoying that oh, journey as, as you go along. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just. Uh, and that's why it was pretty cool when like Brooke would do like the. Uh, the open workouts, you know, with us, yeah. like when we did in the group, just because like people really couldn't bitch at that point. <laughs> like, Brooke by far had the lowest score out of any workout. Um, but she was the happiest person of them all. And then, awesome. you know, people would be like, oh, you know, I want to be mad, but like, like then I'm doing the workout next to her. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> like you imagine doing one wall ball at a time and like you know yeah. having to find it you know yeah. every rep like, yeah <laughs> that makes it more of a pain in the butt so you know it's it definitely just gives you a um kind of a sense of humility and you know it just makes you kind of eat that humble pie and and once you just kind of appreciate that you know i think that's that's a real big takeaway and you know and it's not uh it's not about comparing you know, cause I, I mean, I think every, every person does that at some point, you know, regardless if it's CrossFit or not, you know, we, we look at others and, you know, whether it's envy or whatever word you want to put on it, yeah. um, it's his aspirations to kind of get to that level. And then, you know, when we're not there, we, we get down on ourselves, but it's like, well, like their journey is just was different. You know, it's like, and, and, you know, it's kind of like, I can't look at, um, I can't look at a guy, and I'll use uh, Jacob Hepner as an example. Okay, you know, I could really use any any games athlete, but Jacob yeah. Hepner is uh, uh, so he lives relatively close, and and I use him as an example because I've trained with him a few times, and uh, like I am stronger than him on one rep maxes across the board, right? So, and I'm much bigger 
like I'm bigger than him, which is funny. Like he's like two inches taller, but you know, I, I walk around at like two Oh five and I think he might be like one eighty five, one ninety. But like, you know, it looks massive and all this stuff. And I, and I see, you know, even for me, it's like, I see these dudes on CrossFit games. And I'm like, man, they're, you know, so jacked or whatever. And like, they're huge. And it's like, when I get next to them, I'm like, holy crap, I'm actually bigger. Like, yeah. that's, that's weird. But it's like, you know, and then I look at my numbers and I'm like, oh man, because I used to think that way. I used to think like, oh, I can snatch more. I can clean more. But like, man, they're so much better. And like, why is this? Why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, well, I mean, the dude played collegiate football. He's been fit his entire yeah. life, you know, yeah. and and he walked into CrossFit, you know, early enough in the game that he already had a, a fantastic baseline. But then his his work ethic and how hard he works for it. And so it's like. To me, it's like it's downgrading those people's accomplishments, you know, when you look at them and when you get upset with yourself that you're not at their level, to me, it takes away from their own accomplishments. Agreed. You know, it's like, well, that dude's been doing it for, you know, however many years, like, and just because they didn't have, you know, it's like the Hetner wasn't super obese in high school. He didn't lose weight. He was a football player, right? Well, that's not his fault. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? So it's like, why would I, why, why would I be jealous of that? And and so those were, those were just some of the lessons that like working with Brooke kind of like, um, just kind of gave me, it was just like, well, she's not bitching because like all these other chicks can see, you know, yeah like, and at the end of the day, you know, it's one thing if like you're winning money doing CrossFit (laughs) and like that's your full-time gig. (laughs) Yeah, but we do it because we enjoy it. So it's yeah. like, are you really upset that you didn't get that five pound PR mm. when your day job or when something you you guys are doing podcasts and you really enjoy doing podcasts? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so what does that five pound PR really mean when you still went in and had a good workout? Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, and those were just kind of the things where it's like, Brooke, you know, I very rarely has anyone said anything negative. One, because like social justice warriors would just beat that person alive. Because <laughs> they've done it, which yeah. is great. But, you know, very rarely, I've never really seen her upset about things. Um, but the perspective is, is that, you know, anyone, oh, yeah, I did see someone say something like, well, jumping up onto a box isn't that hard or something like that. And it's like, sure, it's not. It's really not. Like, some people have a fear of jumping onto a 45-pound plate. I've yeah, seen yeah. that, you yeah. know, and they can see all day long, Yeah, you know. Um, but at the same time, that person saying, like, that's not that hard, you also don't have a master's degree in divinity like she does. You mm-hmm. also don't play, like, three instruments fluently like she does. You don't teach other kids how to play guitar and you're blind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't compose music. You know, yeah. it's like so don't 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 sit here and go like oh just because she can't like you know squat clean this or or runs you know perfectly in a straight line yeah because she's visually impaired doesn't mean that she's not successful in other areas yeah. and i think that was that was just that kind of eye opener is that like success can mean so many different things and and being just understanding that's that's just one component of your life and, absolutely and i I know for me, it's like I, I chase that top level so, so much yeah. that when, when like injuries and things happened and life happened, you know, it's like, I have three, you know, wonderful little boys 
amazing wife that supports me. And I'm sitting here watching these guys in their CrossFit gym, like, you know, or in, you know, in their garage gyms, killing it. And hell, I just had to store all my home gym stuff in one little area of my garage because we finished the basement. So my kids had a playroom, <laughs> you know, and, and that's okay. You know, yeah. that, that makes, that makes me happier knowing that they have room to play in my brand new barbell, my weightlifting barbell. I've never <laughs> even touched, you know? So it, perspective yeah absolutely and i think that well i think one thing that we've all learned about brooke is i mean she literally cannot see the people around her so i think like when she's doing a workout she's not looking at the person next to her being like oh my gosh like i need to keep up with that person she really is able to just focus on herself and um like what how she's how she's doing and how her body's feeling and i think that's such an important thing for people to learn. And it is hard when you're able to see the person next to you. Like you, there's that competition inside of you and you're just like, oh, I want to beat that person so badly. Um, And I think like as a coach, uh, I I do have a lot of females that that I coach um, in my class. And, you know, they're always saying, oh, you know, like I want to be where you're at. I want to be where you're at. Um, You know, they're like, you got your pull-ups like so quickly. And I, you know, and, and I do take that time to explain to them, well, I'm here every day, you know, like I show up early, I'm doing my mobility, I'm stretching, uh, I stay after class, you know, like, yes, I do the workout, but then I stay afterwards to focus on things that I want to work on. I'm like, sure. if you're only showing up for the class, you're, you know, you're going to get there. It's not that you won't. It's just, you're not going to get there as fast. So, you know, I just tell them like, you can't, you can't be comparing yourself to other people because you don't know what kind of work they're putting in. You don't know how many hours they're, they're putting into it. Um, you don't know how they're studying it and, um, you know, just focus on your journey. And if that's something that you really want, you just, you just have to work towards it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a quick question. Uh, cause, yeah. uh, she did, she did her CFL one at the ranch, which is amazing, kind of because we, li- sure. we live in Cal, you know, up here in Northern California. So we're really close. But how difficult is that CFL two compared to CFL one? Because I hear it's entirely more technical and like more in depth. Yeah. So what I took it just a few months before they implemented the exam. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so they didn't even, um, yeah, they like, when I, when I took it, no one even knew like they were going to do that. So it's not like I was like getting in there before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like the course, the course is still the same. The book is still the same. It's just now there's a written portion. Portion. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so level one gives you a baseline of this is what CrossFit is. Here's our foundational movements. Here's an idea of, you know, what people should eat, you know, to properly sustain fitness. Right. Um, it is in no way meant to develop coaches. Mm. It's not what it is. Level one is not about making coaches. It is a general knowledge of what CrossFit is. If you want to be a good CrossFit trainer with a level one, you can be a, you can still be a great CrossFit trainer with level one, but that comes with time experience and mentorship. You know, it's like, um, do you have somebody who is more experienced than you that is mentoring you to be better is pushing you to be better? Are you putting in, um, the experience to do that? Right. Like, are you coaching classes now at the same time? time up to just you know a thousand hours of classes but they were shit classes does not make them a better coach 
like you're still a shit coach if all you did was like okay guys that's the workout any questions all right you know go knock (laughs) it out and then you're like not coaching yeah (laughs) yeah so it doesn't help that doesn't help you grow um so so i do get i do get upset when people are like oh you know i have these certs or you know i have this much time it's like okay but how much of it was dedicated like did you actually care about trying to make people better you know or how much of it did you show up and you're just getting your membership paid for Mm, right yeah you know and 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 nothing on that there's there's very there's there's very good coaches out there and i know a few who work for their membership and they are doing it because they want a free membership but they still care when they're there for that hour yeah it's just once that hour is done they check out yeah like i'm i'm done i'm hitting my workout Yeah, yeah 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 um so but the level two is about how, how do we develop you further as a coach? How do we get you thinking of um, the deeper side of coaching, right? So looking at, um, I, I think the biggest benefit is on the group breakouts when you are um, teaching other people, you know, their, their level two instructors are watching you teach other people. And then um, and you're actually getting that critique criticism and that critique mm. it's okay but did you see this oh no i didn't okay well you need to open your eyes and look for that you know <laughs> or wh- where where are you looking at that person oh i'm looking right there okay why are you looking there oh i was looking there for this okay that makes sense but you should be looking here because of this mm. um and that is that's kind of the the difficult part yeah. um now again, different strokes, different folks, right? Meaning, like, uh, I have mentored every coach that has ever coached under me, um, you know, and then I mentored them to a point where I was happy with where they were. Now, for those who got, some people were happy at that point and stayed stagnant, stagnant, whatever, <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then others wanted to continue to. You know, or they would take my classes and listen to different cues and stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and and so, um, you know, when you're you you have to be okay with being wrong about things, but the problem that I have is that my style will vary from another person's style. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so. I might see something different than you because we can always get be better though. Right. Like yeah. and when I coach, you know, there's things that I can definitely miss. It doesn't matter how much experience that I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you saw something, you're like, Hey, did you see that? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I was looking here. Okay. Well, that's what you missed because you were looking there. I recorded myself coaching my classes and then I've seen things that maybe I turned my back and something happened behind me and I didn't see, or I was still focused on one thing that there was another, other fault that I didn't see maybe also because the angle that I was standing at too. And so I've actually been upset with myself watching my own videos of coaching, you know, 20 minutes of coaching of doing technical work. And I'm like, God, I can't believe I missed that. Mm. You know? So it's allowing yourself to be um, open to that criticism. Mm. And, um, but that's where it's like, you know, I think the level two is incredibly valuable in that context. Um, and then if you're wanting self-improvement, right? if your gym requires you, so some gyms will pay you more if you get your level two, which I, I think it's great, 
right? Um, you pay for, you know, the certification levels, right? The more certs you get, the higher pay you get, right? Um, but at the same time, when I was a level one, I felt confident that I could coach circles around some level two guys, and I could, mm. right? Um, my cert didn't Change. vary that. Yeah. But at the same time, it took the level two that made me realize that I can still improve. Mm. So when I went to the level two, um, and I went to level two because I want level three. And so after I went to level two, I was like, okay, there's definitely areas that I can be better at. But I then, but I also got a perspective of, you know, 30 other coaches. And there was like two or three other coaches that I was like, okay, these, these people are definitely at my level yeah. or better, mm. you know? And I was like, okay, cool. Now I have someone to chase. Now I see something that I can be better at, you know, versus like, it's kind of like, um, competitive athlete. You're never going to find a competitive athlete that doesn't want to train with people who are not competitive, <laughs> right? Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a competitive coach in the sense that I would tell my coaches, even in the staff meetings, like I'm the best coach in Kansas city. And it's not because I'm saying I'm better than you guys. I hope you think you're the best coach in Kansas city, you know? Because like, why would I want to go to you if you didn't believe that? Right. Right. Why, why, why would you go to a, mecha- a mechanic to fix your car? If they go, I'm an okay mechanic, but I'm not the best <laughs> one. To go to. <laughs> you know? And, and so it's like, I understand how that can come off. I really, really do. But that's also why when people would come into my gym, I would tell them that. <laughs> and that was like an introduction on a meet on a, on a one-on-one meeting before starting at my gym. It's like, I'm the best coach at Kansas city. You need to be with me. And it's like, if I push people away because they saw that as like a negative perspective, right. And like personality trait, then, you know, then it is what it is. Yeah. And, and I, but in no way, shape or form, does that mean that other people aren't thinking that mm. same, same perspective Yeah. and no way, shape or form. Am I saying that you are going to get crap service at any other gym? No, I can actually tell you of like 10 gyms off the top of my head that are really good CrossFit gyms in Kansas city. And that are that have really good trainers that care, right? But if I didn't believe that about myself, then why would you want to really be with me? You know, and and so that that was just like a shift in in mindset that I had to have because like it was it was positive self talk. You know, it's like I was always so afraid of saying like I'm I'm the best at something. Um, no, like Matt Fraser says he's the best, but he knows other people are trying to be the best. Mm-hmm. So he keeps pushing. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like, so you have to have that drive in order to to be at that level. You have to. And, and, and the difference was, is once I went to that level two, that made me just have a new perspective. Cause like, you know, then I did have a, a instructor, just one of my instruction times. And I was like, Holy crap. Like, I can be better there. And I didn't know what he was looking at. Right. And then I recorded myself teaching the same movement with a PVC pipe at, at my home. And I was like, oh shit. Like I see the faults that he pointed out of my own movement standard. And then at that point I was like, okay. Now it wasn't that I was coaching it bad. It was a really good coaching. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, so, um, and that's, that was, that was the big shift. And so it's like going from that into my level three, you know, it's like I studied for a year for my level three, um, and I read every article, um, probably twice over. I watched every video. I took notes, the whole nine. And um, every day that I read something new, I would try to figure out how do I implement it into my mm. coaching, into my instruction. Yeah. 
anyone that would take 20 minutes to just stand at the whiteboard in between classes or when class was over and I could teach them about like energy systems, I would, you know, um, any opportunity that I could teach, I, I took advantage of. Good. And, and I saw this drastic progress in my athletes from that. Like huh. they just started getting immensely better. Um, and, and what's funny is like, so I failed the level three and I was, I was upset about it and I was kind of a little distraught about it, but I failed teaching and coaching of the six sections. Oh, wow. And I was like, so I didn't fail like programming. I didn't fail like assessment and things like that. And it was like, I failed the two most opinion based parts of the exam. Um, because what I saw as something that needed to be corrected as a coach, they wanted a different answer. You know? Interesting. That was the priority. The priority of teaching something was different than what their answers were. Mm-hmm. Because my experience told me one thing over theirs. Oh, wow. So it's not. It, so the thing with level three is it's nothing that on certain parts of the exam, it's nothing that you can read in a book. It's experience that you get from being mentored. Right. Mm. And when you're the highest experienced coach in the gym, yeah. it's very hard for someone to correct you because no one wants to correct you. And so right. at that point, that's when I saw it. I, I found a me. Um, he does a level, level one. Um, he's a level one CrossFit trainer um, or instructor. He's a red shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he does the mm-hmm. CrossFit weightlifting and flexibility course too. Um, so I was mentored by him and, and I explained it and he watched me coach. And then like, then he, as he started giving me critique, it started making sense. He, he was like, it makes sense why you failed it because you failed it because he's like, I see He's like, you did a great job coaching. Like you did a really, really good job coaching, but the things that they're looking for was this, this, and this. And, and I see why you missed that. And I'm like, well, okay what what article says that he's Mm. like no no no. No, there's no article that says that it's just someone has to tell you that i'm like what the heck (laughs) 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 so so, you know it's just uh it it was perspective i mean i i needed that little tap back i'll say that like i needed that i needed that fail to make me um just kind of reflect for a bit um, but then I realized that 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 exam wasn't the reflection of myself as a coach. I know that I was drastically better as a coach because my athletes improved incredibly from from that self improvement. Mm. So and that that's where I put the value. And 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 I remember reading that from a level three person one time. The value doesn't come from the certification. The the value comes from the knowledge and experience you gain from studying for it. Right. Awesome. Uh, a reoccurring theme I'm hearing from um, of the last few guests who we've had on is is the importance of failure. I think it's important, even something we exemplify in our lives. It's it's okay to fail, because um, for example, she you had a competition like two years ago. She placed third in like a workout fitness competition, um, mm-hmm. and that that drove her to just go for it in this last time. And she ended up placing first because she was just unhappy with. I was she- pissed because <laughs> I, I failed because uh, I didn't train in weightlifting. Um, and that was like, 
I was fast. Like I could run super fast. Like all the other movements, super easy. But anything where it involved weight, I was slow. I was so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just because I wasn't strong enough to move the weight fast. Sure. So um, it, it drove me to really focus on my weight, weightlifting, get the technique, like get really solid technique in that um, and sure. and just build up that strength. Um, and it definitely paid off. And that's actually what drove me to CrossFit because um, I was like, man, those people can really lift weights. Like they're so strong. Uh, they do it quickly. So yeah, um, I think that really helped me get to that first place. But even But even after I won first, I was like, man, I don't know. Like I wasn't happy with like some of my lifts and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my technique should have been better. And so even though I won, I was, I still like walked away being like, well, like I feel like I could have, sure. I could have done better. Like I know myself, I, sure. I could have performed better. Right. And I mean, I think that's a lot thing to say, like just hearing you talk about like not never being, getting that perspective, being able to fail and know why you failed and, and reattack it and go after it. And I think that's a, a really important theme um, that you can teach us and all these other guests can teach us so far is, is, uh, is self-assess, be critical of your own stuff and um, strive to do better. I think that's huge, yeah. a huge sticking point for everybody. Um, in terms of, uh, <laughs> uh, I know maybe you've heard of us or heard back in California, the whole state is in lockdown um, for the most part now. What can athletes, CrossFit athletes or people that, you know, what can people who are normally at the gym all the time do (laughs) coming from a coach? I mean, you don't have to say, you know, like a workout, but like. Yeah. uh, Um, So I will say like the it's been kind of encouraging seeing how many people on my feed are posting videos at home. Yeah. You know, it's like almost like they're rallying around, um, they're rallying around themselves and, um, this, this online culture that allows them to, you know, post that stuff and people are very encouraging. And so it's, it's funny because like, you know, even though they would normally be at the gym, it might actually like be a really good thing where it encourages people who are home, um, who don't go and they start yeah. seeing their feed of just people at home, yeah. like lifting random yeah. objects in their house. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, water jugs. I, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty comical. Um, you know, I, I have one of my friends like picked up a freaking uh, a coffee table. He's like, <laughs> like front squat on a coffee table or some or a goblet squat. It's like, what the hell, dude? Um, just buy, go buy a kettlebell. Um, but you know, it, I, that that aspect is definitely encouraging. I think it's an opportunity that people can work on things they suck at, right? Like, yeah, um, like Bergeron and uh, Bergeron, um, uh, Coach Bergner, right? Um, you know, it's, it's the stereotypical, you know, master the PDC before you master the bar. Like how many people yeah, yeah. go like, Oh, it's so good snatch. Well, go grab a broomstick, bro. Yeah. Like in between. Yeah. Your <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's a, it's an incredible opportunity to work on things that you suck at. Right. Like, good. um, yeah. you know, I, no matter how much we, we say in CrossFit, like we don't do abs, like we do abs, you know, it's like (laughs) everybody's a little vain, like everybody still wants the the six pack and stuff. And, you know, I I, I don't give a shit. They do. Um, So, you know, it's like, do you know, this is a great time to do like the 30 day ab blaster or something, you know, it's like, 
there, there's an opportunity to work on things. Um, you know, it's like, I, I hate running and I've been prioritizing running. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's something that, um, like at the gym I've been doing and, and now that it's getting warmer out, um, you know, cause it's Kansas city. It's a, it was like 20 something degrees out last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's chilly. laughs> so, um, you know, it's like, okay, like maybe I'll start like actually going outside and doing like, you know, running around the park a bit and, yeah. And cause it's something I used to do, um, daily and I, yeah. I stopped after my knee injury. Um, but you know, like I said, it's just, the, there's, there's plenty of opportunities that people can take to, to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the thing to keep in mind is the, the whole idea of CrossFit is to prevent chronic disease. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it's prevent obesity and chronic disease. And it's yeah. like, who do you think this coronavirus affects the most? You know, yeah. sick, yeah. elderly yeah. people, like mm-hmm. sick and elderly. And it's like, you know, then there's the unfortunate bastard that like just kind of got the short and the thick and that's yeah. really horrible, right? Like if, you know, I think it's all like a 21-year-old fit dude who plays like competitive soccer and from Spain died. Yeah. Like that's oh, man. horrible, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if people go like, oh, but I need to stay inside and inside, but then you gain an extra 10, 15 pounds because you're staying inside and you're being super yeah. allergic for the next two, three months, like you're not helping anybody. You're not in your yeah. own case. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I just feel like, you know, people do not realize that, you know, this, this is our only body that we get in this life. And... Mm-hmm. You, you know, everyone will make the comment of like, oh, I'll start on Mondays or I'll start the new year or whatever. Like once this is over, I'm going to get back in it. It's like, just start today, figure something out, but start today. And at the very least, how are you eating? Are, are you eating like trash and you're not working out? Well, now you're just yeah. doing a double whammy, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, and, and I'm not going to be the, you know, the devil's advocate because like I enjoy pizza just as much as anybody else. Like <laughs> there's a reason why I'm not super ripped like Jacob. <laughs> um, but I'm okay with that, but I know the balance, right? I know what it takes sure. for me to be healthy and enjoy things. So right. that's just from, I'll say this from a EMS perspective and from like a, a fire department perspective, everybody's going to get it at some point. Everybody's going to get it. And at the end of the day, if you are healthy um, and you do not fall into like a high risk category. And now it's like, I feel like, uh, you know, they keep, you know, a potato on Wednesday, you're at a high risk or something. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, good God. (laughs) You know, don't drink after four. Um, But, you know, if you're, if you don't fall into those categories, like, you'll just be sick. Like, yeah. And, and again, outside, and I'm not saying that it's not bad. Like yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist or whatever. I'm not saying it's not yeah. bad. It's just, yeah. don't be afraid of it because it's kind of like for us, like we just had um, like, this is going out to the entire Casey fire. They're literally just waiting for us to get sick. And then mm-hmm. once we get sick, they're like, you guys, then are quarantined for two weeks yeah. and then you're right mm-hmm. back at work because once you're once that two weeks is over this is from scientists is that you will have yeah, enough yeah. antibodies in your system to fight it off for about nine mm-hmm. months to a year and then once that point happens that's when like our medical system can catch. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like 
so um, I think it was like New Orleans, New Orleans Fire Service has already basically stated like, once you get it, you're coming right back to work because like mm. we just want everybody to get it to be done with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you guys can go back, go back to work. Right. <laughs> you know, and so that's just kind of that's kind of where I'm sitting at on it. Yeah. Um, of course. Now I'm not saying don't take precautions. I'm not. You know, you should, <laughs> you should still wash your hands and be clean. Yeah. And, and things <laughs> like that. Common sense. <laughs> but it's like don't be, don't be afraid of it. You know. So, of course. But yeah. you know, because someone someone made it on my. Um, my last post with Brooke was like, Hey, I, you know, I love your videos, but you know, don't you think about social distancing would be a good idea between you and Brooke right now. And it's like, you know, you're putting yourselves and your families at risk by you two. It's like, no, well, like, you know, I'm sorry you think that way, but if I get sick, I'm going straight home. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to go cough go all over the equipment. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what would happen. And it's like, I'm yeah. more at risk going to my daily job than going and working out with Brooke. Right. So, you know, but everybody wants the, you know, everybody Say has something. their two cents and sure. stuff, and that's fine. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, and Brooks in the same mindset. She's like, once I get sick, I get sick. Yeah. You know, it's like. So, and if you're one of the unfortunate people, it doesn't matter if you get it eight months from now. <laughs> yeah. If it's you're sick. It, or sick yeah, yeah. If it's a. Yeah, yeah. If it's gonna affect you bad, it's gonna affect you bad in a few months yeah. from now too. Yeah. Absolutely. So. We're coming up on, on, on some time here and we don't want to keep you any longer to your family. But a question I've been asking, is, just just the last question yeah. is, what advice would you give to your past self? Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a huge, that's a huge, like eight. You're hungry? I'll tell you what, <laughs> give me like five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, is that cool yeah i'm talking to friends yeah i see go huh don't worry about it just go go <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> yeah that's my middle one um yeah so you know for, for me my fitness journey started when i was like i said when i was a teenager and and um that's really kind of the pinnacle of, of when it started. You know, it's like, I, I feel like I can give every different age, different advice, sure. you know? Um, but at the same time, like I, I reflect on it all. And I, even though I would give myself different advice to change certain aspects um, or, you know, that I could improve my life, improve, but I'm happy with where I'm at now, sure. you mm -hmm. know? So it's like, what I really want to, change those experiences you know um with advice from my future self and <laughs> and, and i and i really do think that because those negative truly those negative experiences have allowed me to reach out to so many more people it's like i wouldn't be having mm -hmm. this conversation had it not been for those instances right like sure right. i wouldn't even got i respect that. i wouldn't even yeah. got into crossfit um, if I wasn't addicted to fitness and like, I wasn't a little cocky and I saw a chick who could be, <laughs> you know, um, and that one event led down the rabbit hole of CrossFit and led to sure. me being a coach. Um, because all of a sudden, like someone just recognized that I was fitter than a couple of the guys in my unit and a, yeah. and a sergeant asked me to train them. And that's how I first started teaching people is just because I was asked by somebody else to 
help another person lose weight. Coach, and when yeah, he lost yeah. that weight, I was like, oh man, like that's pretty cool. You know, like I started coaching CrossFit because I, when I started doing it, that was one of my best PT scores I've ever had. And then I started using like AMRAPs and EMOMs and stuff to train soldiers. And then I literally had everybody pass the PT test uh, who was on the overweight program. And that was my eye opener that this is the way to train mass amount of people. Not, you know, because like I just said, do a hundred for time of pushups. Right. And so I didn't care that it took you longer. I just cared if you worked at it, you know, versus like, or it's like you put a time cap and if you only got 70 instead of a hundred, yeah. You worked as hard as the person who got the hundred, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just like, like, it was a shift in, in thought process and, and that, yeah, yeah. and so that led to coaching CrossFit, which led to coaching Brooke, which led to posting our stuff on social media and in order to help other coaches. Um, yeah. But then it grew so much further because, you know, my struggles with mental health, it gave me an outlet to express that. And then, you know, when I was kind of in my lowest point, being able to openly talk about it through social media allowed me to see how many other really men were going through very similar things. Um, and it just gave me so many more opportunities because of it, you know? And so it's, it's not so much like what advice would I give myself is what advice would I give others mm. that way they wouldn't have to go through the same struggles. Mm. You know, it's like, mm. I, I value, I value my struggles, but at the same time, if I never went through them and I had a little bit more positive experience, and I didn't know what I could become, that'd be different. Yeah. But, you know, truly, like, don't be a fat kid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, I I really do, I really, like, being overweight as a child was was really the hardest, that that set on my depression and and everything. Like, that led through, like, my mental health side um, and led through struggles with um, biting this food. uh, dysphoria and anorexia and you know it's like um an unhealthy relationship with food and and then like bullying and everything else in the sun just because i was overweight like yeah literally being overweight was the crushing part of my life up until i was 18 you know and then mm-hmm. so that like it, it's sad but it's true that um you know when you're when you're younger looks yeah matter and how yeah you know like i i hate yeah, that that's yeah, even yeah, a, a yeah. reality but it's like it's kind of like for my kids like i'm not saying i want them back jocks and whatever but it's like yeah. no but you need to be healthy you need to be fit because that sure. fitness and winning in fitness will give you a, a better perspective on how do you win when you're studying you know yeah. um overcoming things like it, it's it's such a great teaching tool um, Absolutely, and then you know, avoiding being picked on because of certain things, and sure. but at the same time, I want you to be fit enough to stand up for kids who are. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that. That needs to be the that needs to be the change. It's like if you see yeah. a kid being bullied because he's overweight, like they're you're not better than something. them. Like you you help yeah. them. You know, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. So Absolutely. it's just giving giving me that like a, like I would my advice goes to other people, not so much like what I would say to myself. Perfect. No, beautiful answer. And, and I think that's uh, there's no right or wrong answer, but I love, I love your response. It's great. 
so, so coach, where can people, if they're interested in your story, want to follow your journey, where can ever, what is your social, uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, so on, I primarily just do Instagram. I've never done Twitter cause I don't, I don't want to <laughs> say I tweeted on the personal level. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hey, I, I can't do TikTok because I can't say I TikToked. <laughs> Certain Instagram things. is fine now. Yeah. Instagram is all I got. Uh, but it's uh, Coach underscore Chase underscore CFL2. Um, and then uh, I, I do have a YouTube if you type in like Chase Knight. Uh, I occasionally post some stuff on there. Like some of the stuff with Brooke and I have posted there. Um, cool. I'd like to get more, more on that. But um, And then I do have like a, a Facebook athlete one that I – I link my workout videos too. So that way I don't just flood my cool. personal one. And that's just yeah. uh, chase night. So Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking time in your morning. Yeah. I know you've had a long night so uh, or long day. It sounds like you just got <laughs> off work. So I appreciate you taking an hour and a half and, and meeting with us. I'm sorry to, to kind of no, take up some good. of your no morning. No problem but, at all. Uh, but I appreciate it. I think, you know, there's a lot to unpack that a lot of our audience can listen to. But uh, in, in terms of coming from, again, like we've talked about, talking with the established, uh, you know, business owner to the guy that's living out of his car to like the elite athlete or even the coach. Right. I think there's a lot to that. Our listeners can, can, can take from, and, um, a, a lot of your, a lot can be taken away from your story, the impact you've had on, on Brooke and even on Instagram and inspiring people. So it's all sound advice and I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for talking with us. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. I appreciate it guys. Thank you so much. All right. Well, let you get you back to your family. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, boys, for being so patient. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. bye. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Fight to Finish podcast with Chase. Uh, again, follow him on Instagram. It's Chase underscore, or sorry, Coach underscore Chase, Chase underscore CFL2. That's C as in Charlie, F as in Frank, L as in Lima. <laughs> And then the number two. Follow on there. Speaking of social, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. It's F2F Podcast. Uh, we do have a TikTok now. <laughs> it is F2F Podcast. Uh, visit the website, F2FPodcast.com or anywhere you guys listen to podcasts. Podcast. Thank you for listening on this great episode. We hope to see you again. Bye, Bye. guys.